Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join Martin, Dave, Spencer and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People. So welcome back to the T2 Hubcast with me, Martin Johnson. And me, Spencer Locker. Spence. Quick wow. fire hubcast today. Yeah. I say that. We always say quick fire hubcast and then we end up doing 30 minutes. <laughs> are we are we even capable of doing a 10 to 15 to 20 minute hubcast? You know what? Let's challenge ourselves. Well, let's go for let's it then. Let's do it. Well, stop the small talk. We're going to have to get straight into <laughs> it then, aren't we? So no mention of the weather, no mention of the month or COVID or anything like that. Straight into it. So this podcast, we wanted to jump on because um, it's quite a an interesting uh, one uh, or topic for the, for the current climate. But it's an interesting topic, Spence, for any climate. And it's about leaders and managers in organizations or anybody really who ha- who's having to collaborate with others. How do we uh, inevitably, when we get challenges and objections from employees or from team members, how do we handle those challenges and objections? Hmm. How do we not just counteract them or get into some type of directive, just do as you're told? How do we actually field a challenge or an objection effectively so we leave the person feeling like they have the answer or that they can now move past it and be engaged in what you're asking them to do. Certainly. And, and and if you're looking at sort of fostering a collaborative environment within a workplace, then you want people to challenge and you want people to sort of um, look at things from a different perspective and feel comfortable in, in actually sort of saying, oh, I don't agree with that or, or however they do it. You raise a great point. You know, we want people to challenge. We don't want to have an environment where people are scared to raise a question or an objection or a or a, or a concern but at the same time you don't want a toxic environment where everybody's challenging for the sake of it because they're completely disenfranchised yeah and then it just becomes a toxic situation Mm. so you want to embrace challenge in your organization and give people and empower people you know with the with the, with the ability to be able to challenge and ask questions. However, you need to field them correctly. Yeah. You need to be able to absolutely embrace that challenge, navigate it, and come out the other end with both parties feeling that they're on the same page. Totally. All right? So what we're going to talk about, Spence, is the seven ways or seven steps to handling challenges and objections. Right. Um, because we want you to think about it chronologically. Um, and the first few steps in particular are really important because generally we tend to miss them. And when we miss them, then it ends up being a counterproductive discussion. Yeah. So number one, the first thing we should always do when being challenged or, or, or having an objection from a team member or employee is always show an appreciation for their viewpoint. So you, the temptation for leaders, Spence, and we see it all the time, is you challenge mm-hmm. and I go, yeah, but Spence, you're wrong. Or yeah, but Spence, you're what you're not thinking about. So I counteract your challenge. Mm. That then ends up in shield mentality. Yeah. Chimps come out yeah. and we have combative discussions. Certainly. I mean, nobody's prepared to listen when the shield's out because it's all defensive. And we need to we need to acknowledge and we need to understand that what was the word you used there? Was it appreciation? Always show an appreciation yeah. for so their viewpoint. We need situation. we need to understand and appreciate. There we go. That appreciation is not aligning with it. It's not compromising your viewpoint. It's just acknowledging that they have a viewpoint that is valid. Great point. It's not you saying, I agree with it totally. And it's the same with anything else. Great point. I often hear you say this in your sessions that you deliver. Just because you appreciate somebody's position or situation doesn't mean that you're backing down from yours. Mm. It's just saying, I see where you are coming from. Mm. Or 
I completely understand how you've come to that conclusion. Or I totally get it, right? So what you need to do at number one is to handle a challenge or objection effectively is before you jump in or progress or respond, you need to show an appreciation for their viewpoint. And that can come in many forms. Like, look, Spence, do you know what? Totally get where you're coming from. You know, or, or I, I absolutely understand how you arrived at that conclusion. And the results of that are that I'm hearing what you're saying and I'm listening to what you're going to say. Yeah, I'm saying you're not wrong here. Yeah. Um, uh, and you're valid. You you have a valid viewpoint, mm. and that's fine. Yeah. That's absolutely fine, and I appreciate it. Right. I'm not getting defensive so, about so it. So the, the the reason that step's important is because I've diffused your chimp. Yeah. Your chimp goes, oh, right, okay. So you see where I'm coming from. Whereas if you respond with Ah, let me just put in there, Spence. <laughs> I, I don't think you've seen the bigger picture here. The chimp goes, oh, really? Mm. Oh, really? And then we're going into microaggressions, yeah. then, aren't we? Yeah. So step one, always show an appreciation for their viewpoint. Get used as a manager or leader to responding to challenges and objections with an appreciation for what they have just said. Even if you disagree with it, you're not saying you're reneging on what you believe. You're just saying, I understand, I get it, and you're entitled to that. Step two then, Spence, once we've done that, we do have to respond. <laughs> you can't just say, totally get where you're coming from, Spence, and then not follow up, right? Because <laughs> they'll be going, yeah, and, right? So step two, seek reasoning and rationale. Seek reasoning and rationale. This stops you from responding quickly. And this is the really in interesting point, I think. As well as showing an appreciation, you can't just jump in with your response and counteract it because then your appreciation just becomes a, a false tactic. Does that make sense? So show the appreciation at step one. Step two, you've got to seek reason and rationale. Can I just ask, Spence, just tell me a little bit more. How have you arrived at that conclusion? Just so I understand it correctly, what, what do you actually mean by that? Um, um, how are you coming to that conclusion? So, so I'm putting it back onto you because I want to learn more. And that does two things. It probably throws up some information that I've not been considering myself, which could be gold dust, which, which validates your point of view. But also it gives me time to think about my response. It gives me more ammo to think about my response, more information. Does that make sense? Certainly. I think step two is what 99.9% .9 of human beings miss out. Hmm. They don't seek to understand and clarify they, even if they show appreciation for, for your viewpoint, they jump in with theirs straight and, away. And Dave says this, uh, I, I, well, both you and Dave, and, and, and I'm on the back of that, so do I, but you both say, uh, listen to understand rather than listening to reply. Yeah, which is a great seven habits thing by Stephen Covey. Yeah. Seek to understand before you demand to be understood. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So step two is seek reason and rationale and, and be quiet. As a, as a leader or manager, shut up. If you're going to ask for reasoning and stuff, you've got to sit there and absorb it, learn, learn what they're about to say. So then we end up at step three. So number one, we've shown an appreciation and disarmed the chimp. Number two, we've seeked reasoning and rationale and got some more information. Number three, what do we do then? Do we then now show our hand? Do we then now respond? Well, the, 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 the answer is no. What we need to do at three is we need to replicate one. We need to acknowledge their updated position. So you raise a really valid, some really valid points there, Spence. So you're showing that recognition again, that piece. You're saying to them, this is a collaboration, I understand. So step three is acknowledge the position. I see how you've come to that conclusion now. Mm. Now you've shared that with me. I totally get it. And do you know what? A, B, and C, you're absolutely bob on. Now you imagine you, the objector at this point, 
Number one, I've shown an appreciation. Number two, I've asked you for more information and your rationale. You've given me it. Number three, I've, I've, sh- I've actually shared with you now and acknowledged how I can see you've come to that point and you've got some valid points. What position are you feeling right now? Pretty damn good, really. Listened to. Yeah. Um, appreciated. Yeah. Validated. And and, re- and ready to engage. Yes, and do you know what? So, You're yeah. already now in the lounge of collaboration. Yeah. You're already now more willing to meet me in the middle somewhere. Mm. I guarantee it. It's human science. It's human nature. You know. So um, step three, acknowledge the position. Now, step four. So we're progressing now. You now have to go. You can't just delay it forever. So you've got to show your, provide your reasoning and rationale. So at two, you've seek you, you you've you've sought their reasoning and rationale. At four, you've got to provide yours. Yeah. So it's it now allows you to respond from a position of strength because you've disarmed the chimp. You've got more information from them. You've got some really valid points to work around. So when you are now coming across with as the leader with your reasoning and rationale for a certain situation or decision, you can now build it around what you've already learned. You mm. can wrap it into into that rather than counteracting. Does that make sense? Yeah, from the spirit of collaboration as well. If you've if you've demonstrated those first three values, then in the spirit of reciprocation, the other person is prepared to demonstrate those three values with you. You're going to have a much more productive discussion at this point. Yeah, yeah. I guarantee it, right? So once you've provided your reasoning and rationale, here's the golden nugget, right? Here's gold dust. Um, you must always finish your reasoning and rationale with this statement before you can move on to the next step. And it's simply this. So you you provide your reasoning and rationale followed by, have I answered your question? Does that answer your question? Does that make sense? So the original objection that's come, you're now asking, having gone through steps one, two, three, and four, from me listening to you, showing an appreciation, getting more info, acknowledging your position and providing my position, have we now concluded? Hmm. Has it answered your question, your objection? You'll get two answers to this, Spence. You'll get yes. Okay, yeah, I'm comfortable with that. Done. No need to go on to any further steps. Hmm. Or you'll get, no, I don't think you have. I still believe that this is the wrong thing to do or I still think X. Hmm. So at this point, if it's yes, brilliant, move on, cup of tea, let's go, right? If it's no, we've got to progress through to the next steps. At this point, you made a really valid point on this. Before moving to five, which we'll talk about in a second, sometimes it does you good to go back to two. So you said, if the answer to providing your rationale at this point is no, seek reasoning and rationale again from them. So just just, just let me understand, Spence. Have I understood you correctly? A minute ago, you said X, Y, Z, because you might then add some more stuff that's still eating away in your mind. you know what I mean? So it's not a bad tactic. Sometimes if you feel like you haven't got a good enough job, you haven't done a good enough job at to go back to it and seek some further reasoning and rationale. Bit of clarification. But if you have, move on to step five. If it's a no answer, look, you haven't answered my question yet. I still feel that I've got a point. You've got to move to five. And at this point, this is the art of leadership, right? And negotiation. Always trade, never concede. So five is always trade, never concede. And what this means is um, you have to find a win for them, no matter how small, you've got to concede some ground to get the to get your overarching commitment from them secured. You know, you can't just go, well, at five, you can't just go, well, listen, I've spoken to you now. It is what it is. Crack on with it. Hmm. You know, you've got to try and find some type of trade to get the person on board. 
But don't just concede and go, okay, Spence, you, you have it your way. We won't do it because that's not good either. Always trade, never concede. So use language like, okay, so what if we did this? Or what if we considered X in relation to what you raised earlier? But the rest of it, I need your buy-in on. You're more likely to go, yeah, okay. So if I give you something, but I still hold firm on my non-negotiables, that's what I want at step five. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Always trade, never concede. Step six, once we've hopefully navigated that well, if we've managed to trade and we've we've got some buy-in, ask for commitment is step six. Ask for commitment. Listen, Spence, I need you to back me on this. I need to know you're on board. That's important, isn't it, Spence? Because yeah, it <clears throat> otherwise you go off if you don't ask for that commitment and they think, oh, I've got one over on the boss or I got away with it then. And they're not truly happy with the situation. Yeah. And you're going to be revisiting this further down the line. Yeah. It needs to be sustainable, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. And you need to be fully committed and mm. bought in. So ask for commitment. And then step seven, the final one, assuming we get that, is get them in the tent. I've put get them in the tent, step, step seven. So don't just, at six, don't just walk away. The real great leaders and the real results of handling objections and challenges is when you that person leaves, not only on board, but actually becoming a champion of what it is you're discuss, discussing. They, become, they come in the tent with you and yeah. become ambassadors and champion for the decision or the change or whatever it might be. So, you know, something like at the end, listen, I've really, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I value your input on this. It's really made a difference. Can I ask, would you be open to champion this with the team supporting me? I could use your influence, mm. right? Yeah. Well, when you <clears throat> give somebody that power and that empowerment, they'll go, yeah, yeah, absolutely, sure. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's a different dynamic. You're not now pulling against me. You're now championing it for me. Yeah. You do a great piece on on-the-ground influencers about this, don't you? It's yeah. really important, isn't it? Because on-the-ground, people who are influencers within a group have the ability to challenge an object and take others with them. Mm. Or leaders who get smart bring them in the tent and use them to their advantage. Yeah, and we do, we we do talk about this when when we start talk when we talk about management styles. There's certain management styles we can get in the tent, and and it's transformative when when they could actually be initially be perceived as being sort of difficult employees or difficult team members. When once you do it and you do it right, they they, they you can. It's it's almost magical. I've got to say it's almost magical. <clears throat> You're right, and. Um, some people say, well, I don't want certain characters in my team in the tent because they're, they can be very, they can be as negative and toxic as they are influential. Let me tell you something. Those people, when you truly get them in the tent, are the best people to have in because they are such influencers in the wider group of a negative nature sometimes when they're out the tent that if you get them in, they are equally as influential in a positive way. Yeah. So it is the biggest, greatest win you can ever have as a leader to get some of your big characters in the team, some of your influencers in the tent. And it's and it's really, really positive and very encouraging to know that by following those seven steps, you can actually achieve that. Yeah, absolutely. And this is just about bringing the unconscious into the conscious. Don't go into um, conflict management and objections and challenges unconsciously and blinded, right? Don't go in just reacting. Go in with your smarts. Go in understanding that actually there is a, you know, in social sciences, there's a, a, a process to follow to be able to, first of all, disarm somebody and lower the emotion, get them into a space where they're willing to collaborate, give a little bit of ground where you can, 
finalize some commitment around what we're both agreeing here and understand is the right thing to do and actually then turn them from an objector into a sponsor, right? That's the art of what we're saying here. And I'll just go through it again one last time, Spence, because we're on 15 minutes and we've been really quick. No way. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is a, this is great. So, um, but again, we don't want to rush it because it's an important topic, mm. right? But seven ways to handle challenges and objections with your team, with your colleagues, with your members, right? Number one, always show an appreciation for their viewpoint. Diffuse the chimp. I totally appreciate where you're coming from, Spence, and I can see how you've come to that conclusion, right? Number two, once we've done that, seek reasoning and rationale. Don't jump in with your response. It, you know, In fact, if you seek reasoning and rationale, tell me, Spence, tell me a little bit more. How have you arrived at this conclusion? Or what is it that makes you think this? Or share a little bit more with me that so I can understand. If you can do that, then it stops you from responding quickly. But you're about to get some gold dust. Something might raise its head that you're not aware of, which is a really valid point, okay? Then step three, you're still not going to jump in at this point. You've got to acknowledge the position. They've just shared with you, again, the further information. You raise really valid points there, Spence. And I can see how you've come to the conclusion on A, B, or C. It's a really good point. Then four, we've got to provide reasoning and rationale on step four. So now it's your time to respond, but you're doing so from a position of strength, given what you've learned in the first three steps. Followed by, once you've given your reason and rationale at step four, has that answered your question? Are you now more comfortable with this? You will get yes or no. If it's yes, job done, finish. If it's no, you can revisit two again to seek some more re re reasoning and rationale, or you progress to five. Okay, clearly I've not convinced you and we need to move a little here. Always trade, never concede. So you still need as a leader to enforce that decision or to back the organization or to justify what's going on. But you need to give a little bit of ground. So think about where you can do that to get that collaborative environment going. Step six, assuming you've been a, you know, a successful at that, ask for commitment. If you've given some ground as a leader, Spence, I want some at back. I, I say this to you and Dave a lot. You probably know. I say, listen, mate, I really need you to back me on this or I need your commitment on that. Can you do that for me? And if I've given enough, you will do it in a heartbeat. So I always ask for commitment. And seven, get them in the tent. Don't just leave it there. What if we turn them from an objector, a serial objector and challenger, into a champion, into an ambassador? By asking them, you know, raising their level of influence with them, do you realize how influential you are with the team? I'd love you to champion this. I'd love you to get on board. That is the game changer because you, re you will stop the objections and challenges from coming time and time again. And it's all challenge state language <clears throat> as well, isn't it? It is. It's focusing on what we need to achieve. What you or I want you, what your part is in that. And that's what people can work with. Mm. So leaders, Spence, I'll ask you for a final thought in a second. So we'll finish on 20 minutes. Leaders, think about how you're currently dealing with conflict, with challenges, with objections from team members. Think about them steps. Which ones are you missing? Are you jumping straight in at four? I bet most leaders are listening to this thinking, I jump straight in at four. I instantly provide my side of the story and my reasoning and rationale. There's no first three steps, which then leads to a chimp-led, emotionally-fueled, combative discussion, mm. right? Think about it. Follow the steps. Start being a bit smart with it. And the idea is diffuse the chimp. You know, you've got a signal friend, not for I want to collaborate. Seek understanding, right? Move towards your position, Ask if that's answered the question. If it's not, you can either have to trade, not concede, or revisit the rationale again. Mm. 
and assuming we've got to give a bit of ground, if you do and you find something that works, ask for commitment, get them in the tent. Any final mm. comments, Spence? Yeah, just br- briefly, just this falls squarely into when we start talking about people who get triggered by having difficult conversations. Um, some people are intimidated for whatever reason, whatever they're unconscious motivators. And we always say to them, what makes that conversation difficult? And it's like, well, it's the confrontation or it's the fact that I've got to discipline somebody or I've got to, it's just the same thing. It's when I approach that conversation, I've got to make sure I defuse that chimp because that's what's causing it to be difficult. So yeah, it's, it's along similar lines. When we feel ill-equipped to deal with something, certainly if we don't like conflict, we'll avoid it to your point. Yeah. What this is doing is giving you the skill set, the knowledge to be able to calmly go through a process that will deliver a better outcome. Yeah. And the more you do it, the more you get results. The more results you get, the more comfortable you will get in having tough conversations. Yeah. Yeah. So leaders, think about it. Um, think about it. Uh, I think we're going to put a pathway on the hub. So Lydia is going to write a pathway for the hub very shortly on this. So you'll be able to get the actual written content for this to follow up, follow up with. But start practicing it and I'm sure you're going to get some results. Spencer Locker, enjoyed that. We've come in on 20 minutes. No. That's the quickest podcast we've done for a while. (laughs) Um, Thank you very much, Spence. Cheers, Martin. And we'll be back shortly with another T2 Hubcast.